we give you all the glory and all the praise. We speak that you be a blessing unto us. May your word come to us in season. May it come to us in power. May it come to us in might. May it cause us to recover. May we recover every little thing. That is a blessing to our life. And may we obtain it all, God, in glory and in power. In Jesus' name, amen. We are doing recover. Supposed to be the last, not the last of the series, but we are bringing it to a point this morning. And then um, next week as we move, we shift direction a little. So we are looking at recover. Recover. Let's go straight to our scripture, First Samuel chapter 30, verse 8 and 9. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 8 and 9. Chapter 30, verse 8 and 9. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Verse 9. David and the 600 men with him came to the Bessel Valley. Where some stayed behind. Amen. Amen. The Bible said that David, after they have taken his two wives, taken all his possession, carried all his camp and everything of his camp away, left him and his camp empty. The Bible said when he came, he wept. He cried. The people wept. The people cried. But David did not end it dead. He went ahead to inquire of the Lord. Then God said, David, you can pursue. You can overtake. And you can recover. So the Bible said that with immediate effect, David mastered some armies and soldiers and they started to pursue God being so good. They found these Amalekites, overtook them of their strength and recovered everything that have taken from their camp, including his wives. Hallelujah. To the extent that they had and even they had more and they brought it to their camp then they shared it and some of the soldiers said that those who didn't go with us they will never get some if amen what you first have to understand is that if you are going to recover your life your destiny everything that God has blessed you with but for whatever reason you have lost it to the devil to other human agency or wickedness or whatever we can think of is to know and believe and be sure that those 
who recover, they don't quit. That is the first thing that you have to know that if you are going to recover, never ever quit in this life. So, what I would say is if you are going to recover, don't quit, don't stop, don't end because the worst has happened. Those who recover, they don't quit because the worst has happened. Hallelujah. Because there are most of us that we give up. We quit. We leave it. We let it go. We will never pray of it again. We will never think of it again. You will never seek of it again. We will never wish of it again. Because the worst has happened to us. Amen. In the Christian journey with Christ. The worst is always the foundation for the beginning. I said in the Christian journey with Christ, the worst, when it happens to you, it's always the foundation for what? The beginning. The reign of Jesus Christ began as the Messiah king of kings, lord of lord with all power and authority in his hands when the worst happened. When he was betrayed, beaten, stripped of naked, killed, died, and buried. There can never be any worse situation than when you are buried. Hallelujah. That is the worst. The Bible said that there's no hope for the dead. I hope you, you, you have read it. There's no hope for the dead. Because the Bible said that for the dead, they are only waiting for the day of what? Judgment. So there's no hope. There's no hope for repentance. There's no hope for breakthrough. There's no hope for regret. There's no hope. The only hope for them is to wait for the day of what? Judgment. But for Christ, in death, there was hope. Because death could not hold him captive. Even in death, that everybody think and the devil himself were throwing party. Colossians said that there was a public spectacle. There was a, a party going on. And Jesus had to rise up and go to the devil and say, hey boy, hey, I say, give me the keys. So, at the worst of his life was the beginning of his reign. I prophesy over your life. That no matter what is going worse, no matter how it has been worse, no matter the situation, no matter the worst, I prophesy that after today, your life is about to take a beginning. Your life is about to take initiative. Your life is about to start afresh. Your life is about to take the best direction and the best. Amen. There was no beginning of the life of Joseph until he was accused of rape rapist and thrown into prison. Hallelujah. And ladies and gentlemen, if they accuse you of rape and they put you in prison, you don't ever wish that you are coming back. All you have to pray 
is that your sentence must be minimized. Because they will sentence you. They will jail you. If it's in Ghana, minimum will be 25 years. Hallelujah. So, at that point, you don't expect brother Joseph to ever think that his life was going to be better. But ladies and gentlemen, that was the beginning of his what? Emergence to become a prime minister. I said, I prophesy that no matter the worst that has happened to your life, your emergence is about to happen. No matter the worst that is taking place in your life, your emergence is about to happen in the name of Jesus. I was telling about David this week. When they have chased him and his hope is gone, David was about 17 or let's say 20 years. And he was in the wilderness for over 10 years. The, the day they were making him king was about 30 years. And he reigned for 40 years. Hallelujah. So, for the next 10 years of his life, I'm sure he has even forgotten about the truth. All he believes is that one day prophecy shall fulfill. But at that worst situation was the beginning of his what? Emergence unto greatness. I don't know the worst that you are in. I don't know the situation that you found yourself in. I don't know how bad it is, but you are about to break forth. You are about to break through. You are about to come out. You are about to emerge out. Something is about to catapult you from everywhere situation, and you are about to show forth like the morning sun. Whenever the worst happens to your life, it is not the end. Don't quit. Amen. Tell your neighbor, don't quit. Tell him, don't quit. Because the worst has happened. When we go through scriptures, we see people who went through the worst and we think that that was the end. The Bible said that the more Israel complained of how the Egyptians were treating them, the more they increased their burden and their load and their daily task. To the point that now they said, Go and find yourself bricks. Found yourself clinker. In other words, cement. Found yourself sun. Found yourself water. Found yourself the uh, uh, weeds. Come and mix a concrete. And build. And you must meet your daily quota. Then they look at them and say that this is too much for us. Amen. Then they tell Moses, say, Moses, now you are making our punishment too much for us. Let us stay here in this condition in Egypt. Hallelujah. The Bible said that then God turned to Moses and said, Moses, now that Pharaoh is about to see that I am the God of the Israelites, I am now going to lift up my right hand to prove to Pharaoh that I have power over him. Ladies and gentlemen, when you get to the west, you have come to the place where the unadulterated, the uncontended, the uncomparable strength of God is about to be made known in your life. When you get to a place it looks like a four 
forces are stronger than you are powers are mightier than you are when you look at you get to a place and you look like there's no turning around ladies and gentlemen i came to announce you that is when the power of god is about to make reveal in your life and i prophesy to somebody who is just about to give up because you have come to the west that the power of god is about to hit your life the power of god is about to be made known to your life the revelations of god is about to be seen in your life come on somebody shout amen don't quit look at the nice person next to you and tell the person don't quit tell the person don't quit tell the person it might be worse but you are not dead so don't quit there's hope even the dead in Christ there's hope amen the Bible says that those who die in Christ there's hope for them much more those who are alive in Christ. He said, hey, don't cry. Don't weep. For those who die in Christ, they are only going to sleep. They are asleep. They shall rise up and all of us, we shall see them. And we shall be together. That is why I comfort you that little children, don't be afraid of death. And he said, I know something. But for those of you who are alive, those of you who are alive, rejoice. And I say rejoice. Hallelujah. He said rejoice and I say rejoice those of you who are alive because all things they work good for them who love the Lord. The secret is the love of the Lord. If you love the Lord all things shall turn to your good. Hallelujah. The good, the bad, the ugly, the unsaid, the untold, the unmentioned, the scary one, the fearful one, the afraidful one, all of them shall work for your good. Don't quit. Amen. Don't quit. I don't know the words where you are in, but don't quit. Amen. I don't know how worse your situation has been, but don't quit. Tell your neighbor, don't quit. Tell your neighbor, you can recover. Don't quit. Tell your neighbor, you can bounce back. But don't quit. Tell your neighbor, you can become a history. So don't quit. Tell your neighbor, you can make a world news. So don't quit. Tell your neighbor, CNN will talk of you. So don't quit. Tell your neighbor, people shall testify with your life. So don't quit. Tell your neighbor, somebody will use you to encourage their life. So don't quit. Don't quit. Can you imagine one day they have arrested a woman and brought her before Jesus. Say, Jesus, this woman was caught in adultery. Yagani to Yagani, face to face, Fidi Gadochi. Where was the man? You see, from day one, the world has been unfair towards women. And the laws of this world has always been unfair towards women. They have modified it, burning it, UN it, kitchen it, wedding it, marriage it, fight it. Wear trousers, wear jeans, wear boxer, wear gloves, fight at the ring. Still, the laws of the world, they don't favor women. 
even God himself, has spent all his time. And the Lord said, God said, let us make man in our image. We don't know the number of days he took to make man. But at the end of the day, he formed man. And when God was forming man, he made man so robust and round and hard. Like a shapeless metal. And hide in him, a woman, precious. The content is always important than the container. So if a woman was in man, it means we are the container, they are the content. Very precious. But you know that the content has an expiry date. Faster than the container. You never hear any man saying that my time is passing. Because the content always has an expiry date. But they were made special. Hide in man. And it was time to bring them up. God puts man to sleep. Cut, cut. The first surgeon. Medical theater operation. Was done by God in the garden of Eden. Brought a woman out. Formed her. Amen. What I know about the little signs I did is that the shape of any substance takes the form of the heart container. Am I right? The little signs I know. But look at me, my shape. And God brought the content out of me. And the shape of the content is like it's not like the container. Amen. That is where the sovereignty of God is. And I'm here to tell you that your problem does not determine your shape for your life. What you are going through, what you are facing, what you are in, does not determine your shape for life. My stomach may be big. I might be six feet flat. I must have a rough head. If you see me, you see you. Some man. But when you look at the content that came out of it, it has nothing to look like some man. Beautiful and refined. The container is just a box. But the content is designed by God. Whatever you are going through is just a package to keep you for a time. God will bring you out and when he bring it out he would have shaped you he would have reformed you he would have designed you he would have dressed you he would have blended you and when people see you they'll say ah is it not this man who was jobless it is not this person who was homeless it is not this person who was sick it is not this person who everybody has got it is not this barren woman it is not this important man how come they look better than when they were in that problem listen to me ladies and gentlemen your life is not designed by the problem you are going through your life is designed by the god who is keeping you in that problem that problem shall pass but your life shall be seen and 
everybody who sees you shall bless the name of the Lord. I prophesy to somebody this morning, don't quit because God is about to handle your case. God is about to hold your case. As I was talking when they bring this woman who was caught in adultery before. Everybody says stone her, kill her. Where's situation? The woman herself know that her situation was worse because the law has caught on her. And the law said that if they catch you in adultery, you have to be stoned. They have to kill you. The woman. Hallelujah. Everybody think this woman's life has come to an end. But at that worst situation, her life was about what? Unfold. When everybody wrote her off, Jesus also wrote her in. Amen. Jesus wrote, which one of you? The long and short is, the woman that everybody think her life was worse and bad, she ended up became one of the first women whom saw Jesus. She ended up became one of the best of the women whom Jesus cherished. There was a woman Jesus met at Samaria well that men were afraid of. Her life has ended. Her life is finished. But when she met Jesus at this worst situation, the woman became a first woman evangelist of the world. Somebody that everybody has written her off. Her situation was so bad. But when she met Jesus, she became the first evangelist. And Jesus did not do anything. She used her, her own story to make her great. Your worst shall become your great. I said your worst situation shall become your greatest story. Listen to me. Great evangelist has worst stories. Great pastors has worst stories. Great people has worst stories. Listen to any great person in this life. You will see that there's what? Worst story of their life. That is why you don't quit. Because the worst has happened to you. Let's get going. Second Kings chapter 7, 3 to 5. Those who will recover, they don't accept the worst as their end. But they take tough decisions that will better their life. Can I write it? Those who shall recover, they don't accept the worst as their end. But they take tough decisions that will better their life. Second Kings 7, 3, 5. Now let's see something there. Second Kings, Second Kings 7, verse 3 to 7. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. Hallelujah. There were what? Four men with what? Leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. Worst situation. Lepers. I have a sermon I have not preached before. Gold in the hands of lepers. Amen. 
Lepers are not supposed to come closer to even the normal human being. Lepers are not supposed to get closer to the temple. Lepers are not considered as whole people. Lepers are abomination. Lepers are cut off from the rest of the town. Amen. Lepers announce their situation when they are coming. Unclean, 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 unclean. Can you imagine Sunday morning? We are in church and somebody's entered the church. Sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. How will all of you? Or oh, I'm married, I've made it, I've made it. These are lepers. Worse! But they have taken themselves friends who are worse like themselves. Hallelujah. Then they said, huh? Then they said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we will go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we leave. If they kill us, then we die. Verse 5. At dusk, they got up and went into the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So that they said to each other, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. Amen. The long and short is they all ran away and they went and they collect gold, silver. The Bible says there was a lot of booty to the extent that they now carry some. They take a decision. We can't consume all. Let's take some because the whole country is poor. The economy is down. Let's go to the king. Let's go to the president's house. The situation is this. These were lepers. Worse. The king has written them off. The pastors are reading them off. Everybody knows that these people are worse. They were sitting at the gate of Samaria. And the situation they were in is not going to be better. They, will, they are waiting to die. Because if you know the story, Samaria has been hit by famine. So even the right people don't have food to eat. To give them some. Amen. So if they go to the city, so that somebody will see them as, oh, these are beggars. So let them give them some coins so that they go and eat. It's not there. If they sit at the gate, people don't even have to eat much more to look at you at the gate and give you. They won't get. Amen. But this guy said, we have to recover our life. Tell somebody, recover. Tell somebody, recover. They said, we have to recover our life. And how do we have to recover? Say, there is food. There's money. There's gold. There's silver over there. But that place also, death is there. Because they are the enemy's camp. And they said, if we sit here, we die. If we go to the city, we die. If we go there, we die. But the story is, if we go there, it's two things. It's either we die or we survive. So instead of going to where we can die, death is the final verdict. Let's go to where it's 50-50. It's a tough decision. 
Hallelujah. Some of us want to recover, but we don't want to take the toughest decision. That will better our life. Amen. There are certain places in life you are sitting, and you know that the more I'm sitting here, I am not progressing. And you have to move yourself. You are feeling lazy to move. There are certain conditions, certain lifestyle, certain habits. As long as you are in this habit and you are in this life, you know that those are not opening to me. And you have to live that lifestyle, that habit, so that you can progress. You say no. Hallelujah. So, this man decided that we have to take the toughest decision. If you want to change our story and we want to recover our life. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said when they took that decision, God came in and amplified their effort. Listen, whenever you take a decision towards recovering your life, that means the prophetic word of God. God will come in and make it possible for your life. Sometimes you have not seen prophecy working for you because you've never made a move that coincides with the prophecy that is waiting to manifest over your life. Listen, we have personal prophecies and we have general prophecies personal prophecies will work for you alone but general prophecies is looking for anybody who has faith and effort then the prophecy shall work for them if I were you if I hear the pastor said God is about to make somebody great in this church you don't look at Mr. Nodja or Mr. Mensah you don't look at Brother Farouk or whoever you don't look at pastors why pastor said God is about to make somebody great in this church somebody can be anybody it can be me it can be my wife it can be my children but I think that that body is me so I get up from this church I begin to think great I begin to see great I begin to talk great I begin to go greater where greatness is that is where I'm going I begin to change my friends and my location listen to me when the people took the decision they make a move to where solution is not where the problem is sometimes Take the toughest decision to where the solution is. Take the toughest decision to where the result is. Anytime you sit on your same case for about one year, you have to tell yourself, I am not taking the right move. Listen, there is one thing to wish. There's one thing to pray. And there's one thing to move. Amen. The expectations of the righteous shall not be cut off. But he didn't say that it shall be granted. The desires of the righteous shall be fulfilled. But he didn't say that it has fulfilled. Amen. You can stay to this mountain, move, and if you don't doubt, it shall move. Amen. You have a desire, you have a prayer, you have finished. You have dealt with the spiritual aspect. You have dealt with the humanly aspect, but still no results. Amen. Oh, Joshua. Like I was with Moses, so would I be with you. Thou should not be afraid. Be bold and courageous. Lead these people by Joshua. Wherever the soul 
of your future step. There I give to you. So you possess it. You recover only when you make the move. It is not on when you pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and wish and pray and wish and pray and wish and pray. You must make a move. Some of us are wishing and are praying. No move. Some of us are moving. No prayer. No wish. But the three must. The people wish we don't die. Our life must be better. Then they pray. Boys, they held hands. We are moving. If we die, we die. If we live, we live. But let us go. And we are sure that God will do something for us. They pray. But when they finish, each one look for it. And it wasn't easy. Because they know that this move they are making, they may not come back. But they moved. And the moment they moved, there was prophecy that was looking for somebody who is moving. There was prophecy. Because the prophet Elijah prophesied that tomorrow by this time, by 12 o'clock, the economy of Samaria has changed. So the prophecy was current and the prophecy was looking for within the next 24 hours. Anybody who has that faith, that boldness, anybody who is able to make a move towards where solution is, the prophecy will grab that person. The pastor was in the house praying, Karababa, Samaria, 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 economy of Samaria, economy of Samaria. Intercessors has met together. They were praying, binding and loosing. It was no changing. Some of, you, some of us know that definitely Monday our salary is in our account. So all the noise we are making today is not because Jesus is here because you know that tomorrow morning you are okay. Salary is in your account. But you are not able to see that tomorrow morning Christ is visiting your case. Tomorrow morning prophecy is attending to your case. Tomorrow morning prophecy is visiting your case. They make a move when they made the move, God made it for them. Ladies and gentlemen, you must take tough decisions that will better your life. Amen. Let's hurry up and pray. The next one, if you are ready to recover, move immediately. You receive faith in God. And we are going to do some few stuff here that we, we get up and pray and go home. Move immediately, you do what? Receive faith in God. Can you read the same first Samuel chapter 30? And read 8 and 9. I'm going to show you something here. Thank you. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 8 and 9. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Amen. Should I pursue? God said pursue. You will certainly overtake and without it recover everything. David did not wait another day. If God said it, what again? God said I should move. What am I waiting? What am I thinking? Sometimes you come to church and then when the word of God is coming, faith entered your heart. You see that you have faith. 
instead of you acting on that faith, we begin to think. We begin to analyze. We do pros and cons. Advantage and disadvantage. Pastor, no, you don't need me at you have career issues. You have career issues. The word of God is foolishness to them who are perishing. Reality makes us foolish in the context of faith. If you want to move by faith and you want to also look at reality, faith will be foolish to you. Hallelujah. Because the real issue is a virgin can never have a baby. Pastor Awuni was talking at the, here last week. A virgin can never have a, a, a baby. Is that not the reality? But God comes in and, and to a virgin and said, a virgin, you shall have a baby. And the virgin said, do you know what you are talking about? Angels. Are you going to impregnate me? He said, no. The spirit of God shall overshadow you. And the lady said, well, if you say, and God asks, is there anything impossible before the Lord? Mary said, I'm I'm quiet. Let thy will be done. Anytime faith comes to you, what one thing you have to say is that let thy will be done. And from that day, Mary went home, met the angel at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. When she went home, she was pregnant. That means the moment the word of God is coming to you, answer is following it. If the word of God comes to you right now and you believe it, it means the result, the miracle is with it. You just have to what? Accept it, take the step, make the move. The moment David had it, he accepted it, he made a move. And he made a move to recover. He didn't make a move for games. The next point, Always remember that you don't need everybody to recover. But the few who God will enable them for you. We are going to do some serious talking here then we close. Always remember that what? You don't need everybody to recover. And I don't have anybody. And I don't have anybody. I don't have anybody. I don't have anybody. Very soon I'm going to say something. And some of you will understand some few things that is happening in your life. You don't need what? Everybody. Sometimes the person you think you need this person, in the eyes of God, you don't need that person. That is why we got it wrong. Read for me. Verse 10. 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. But David and the other 400 continued in the pursuit. Amen. David moved. When he moved, he moved with them about 600 men. We're going to fight and recover his life. I need to recover my life. Pastor must pray for me. Sofumami must be there. Brafaruk, where are you? Mr. Jacob, where are you? All of you can put your anointing together. Boil anointing oil. The cold one these days is not burning. Boil one, put him inside and fried me. That is the only time I can recover. If pastor-
pastor does not lay hands of me. Listen to me. In the recovery of your life and destiny, 99% of the work is depend on you and your God. 1% is depends on the people whom God gives you. So, if you don't know what to do to take over and to recover and begin to depend on people, you will be surprised and disappointed. David has carried this man who are going. Then when they go to the brook of Bessel, did you read that? Underline the brook of Bessel. Underline it if it's in your Bible. The Bible said when they go to the brook of Bessel, the first time I heard the name Bessel was in Minnesota, Pastor Ransford's church. There was this lady that came, they call her Sister Bessel. She has married for 12 years without a baby. Say, Prophet Abbas, 12 years without a baby. I need to have a baby. And the mother came to kneel down. He said, Pastor Bash, if my wife, she, she's married to a, a white guy. And has money, and the, the guy has given him her condition. That if next year she doesn't give birth, he will leave her. The mother came and lied and said, Prophet Abbas, my daughter must have a baby. I said, what's your name? She said, Bessel. He said, what's the meaning of the name? He said, glad news. I said, what? You can't carry this news. And believing in bitterness and sorrow. No, next year you must have a baby. I just said it and I went. The following year she had a baby. I was shocked. Bessel is a very strategic place in everybody's life. So when they go to the brook of Bessel, then God told David, hey David, these people all can go with you. The Bible said that and 200 turned their back that we were not going. David was a bit bitter. But God said, go with them who will go with you. The people you need to recover, they are those God has enabled you to have them. Don't force people to like you. Don't force people to help you. Don't force people to favor you. Listen, most of us who have become victims of relationship is that we push ourselves into people. This man can give me a job. This man can employ me. You force yourself after he finished sleeping with you. He has been tossing you up to today. You force yourself into things. Force yourself to break through. Force yourself, he can get me a visa. Force yourself, he can get me a visa. He chopped all your money. And after he chopped all your money, he told you that if you threaten me, I'll tell the police. David thought, 600 men I need to recover. God said, no, I'll prove to you. When he got to the brook of Bessel, 200 told them that, David, we are not going. We are not going. Is it a good news? Right. Bessel means glad news. Right. That's why I say underline it. We are talking about recovery. Bessel means what? 
glad news. So why is it that when I go to a place that the news about my life must be glad, must be a happy news, a good news, a joyous news, that was when people disappointed me. When David got to a place where the news of his life must be sweet, that was when they disappointed him. They turned their back. The brook of Bessel, right, is the critical place in your life. The brook of Bessel is what? The critical place in your life where some people you hoped in can't go with you again. Brook of Bessel is the critical place of your life where some people you are hoping, trusting, depending in will never go with you again. They turn their back to you. So painful. Has it happened to you before? Why is it good? Why is the Bible saying that? It's a good, it's a good. It is good because you see, wrong people must live your life early to avoid disappointing you when you will need them most. Hear me, hear me well. It's not everybody who say I like you is right for you. Okay? It's not everybody who say I love you is right for you. There's a place of personal relationship with people and there's a place for destiny relationship with people. There are some people, they can be personally good relations. But destiny-wise, they are not. There can be some people, they can be good friends. But destiny-wise, they are not. Even there are some people, they can be good wives or husbands. But destiny-wise, they are not. Amen. Somebody will say to me, hey, pastor, hey, so can I have a wife or a husband, that destiny? Yes. 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 Didn't Saul gave David his daughter to marry? Was it not a legal marriage? Did they not perform everything? But Look at the lineage of David's children. None of them is by the daughter of Saul. None. None. I was sharing with some brothers some time ago. Because, listen, God has said to Prophet Samuel that I have taken the throne from from Saul and from his household. So there is no way any of the descendants of Saul should have access to the throne of Israel. There's no way. And if David had children with that Saul's daughter, it means Saul's blood has access to the throne, which is wrong. So by prophetic and divine orchestration, the lady laughed at David when he was praising God. God said, you brought yourself the opportunity and closed her womb. Never, even though she was a wife, but she was not part of the destiny recovery. Meanwhile, Bezeba, who was somebody's wife, David killed the husband, had 
had the first child. God said, no, I killed that child. Has Solomon. God said, Solomon will ascend the throne. The rightful marriage woman who did not have the heart of God for the husband, God cut her off. But the wrong woman who had the heart of God for the husband, God accepted. You can be here, you can be a wife or a husband. If your heart is not for God, for your spouse to make it, God will cut you off. Even though you are married, but you are not part in the recovery story of your spouse. That is why I say listen and listen well. You can see God progressing a man and his wife. He has left. You can see God progressing a woman and the husband. He has left. And they are doing everything. It's not connecting. Let us go back and check our heart condition for our spouse in the matters of destiny. Saul's daughter did not think about David's recovery. Saul's daughter was not even passionate about David's recovery one day. Saul's daughter was interested in her prestige. I am the queen's daughter. My husband must walk this way. My husband, when he comes to church, he must sit down quiet, gently. My husband, when there are praises and worship, he must stand up and be doing like this. Hallelujah. When God was moving Israel from the back of the Jordan into attacking Jericho to the promised land, what God said that Joshua let the priest bearing the ark be in first and let the musicians follow them and sing praises while they are carrying the presence of God. Let them be dancing worship and let them go and forget about the Jordan River. It is dangerous. It is worse. But while they are praising me, let them step into the trouble. Let them step into the water. They shall cross any time a husband, a wife had the presence of God praising God. God deal with the situation, deal with the challenge, cross them on the bedding, lead them to the promised land. Somebody, I prophesy to you, change your mentality, change your plan, and receive the blessings of God. The Bible said the priests were carrying the presence of God. The ministry were before them praising God. The soldiers, the intercessors were back. And before them was the Jordan. Trouble, problem, death, risk. God said, as long as the priest has the presence and the ministry are praising me and they are dancing and praising me and not looking at the Jordan River when they get there I'll make a way the Bible said that when they lift their hands the Jordan solidifies may the Lord solid the trouble of a man may the Lord solid the trouble of a woman may the Lord solid the trouble of a confused marriage may the Lord solid the trouble of a disturbed soul in the name of Jesus can be one thing I am afraid of in this life. I was talking to a pastor friend last night, last two, uh, two nights ago, and we were talking about marriage. We said, I, say, I said, if there's one thing I'm afraid of, 
is the presence of God in the heart of my wife. I'm not afraid whether I had a baby or I don't have a baby or whatever, whether my wife has money or not. No, no, that's not my concern. But what I, I'm, I'm scared of is the presence of God in the heart of my wife. If her heart is for God and the presence of God is with her and she understands me, I will make it. I was talking about it. I said, Daniel, I will make it. But if her heart is not for me, and the presence of God is not with her, and she will criticize everything that I do for God, Daniel, we will fail. That happened to David's wife. She criticized the husband. So when God was recovering for her husband, None of Saul's descendant is in the lineage. Hallelujah. Bathsheba, which was a stolen wife. Then the other lady that was um, married a foreign uh, wife. And then Abigail. Abigail, we don't even know her children well. We believe that Abigail had daughters. But Bathsheba and that other foreign woman, they had most of the children for David. And they are the people, even though they messed up the throne, Solomon came to mess it up. This one came mess it up. Absalom messed it up. Everybody messed it up. They messed up the throne. But God says that the tabernacle of David shall be repaired. Even though they messed it up, but I shall repair it. recovered for a man even at his brook of Bethel where his life was to be happy that was where one that he trusted disappointed if you are married here be careful about how you handle your spouse because if you mishandle and mistreated the day God will break through for that man or woman God will keep you back and you say that I didn't want to you cut yourself off Amen. He broke through for David. David recovered. David became the man. David became the king. But that woman was cut off at the brook of Bethel. You don't need everybody to recover. You don't need everybody to recover. Those of you who are married, let me tell you, don't kill your destiny and your life because your wife or your husband is not supporting or agreeing with you. Leave them and live your life. You say, Pastor, hey, the Bible said that what two God, God has put together, let no man put asunder. I'm not saying divorce. I'm not saying separate. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about destiny. If she's not ready or he's not ready, leave her and go. Leave her and go. Hallelujah. One day, one day, Miriam and Aaron have stood up against Moses because of his wife. At the brook of Bethel, where David, Moses has begun to see success. He has moved the people. He's on the problem. He's moving to the promised land and was happy that now I'm progressing. I'm recovering for God. His sister and brother were criticizing him because of what? A woman, his wife, his life partner, then God stood up in heaven and said, Ha! 
Do you know what you are talking about? Do you know that woman that you call a foreign woman? Because Moses did not marry a Jew. So you are despising that woman? Let me tell you, when I called Moses and gave him that assignment, the man was an uncircumcised. And you know something? In my covenant of destiny, I don't deal with uncircumcision people. But this woman that you despise, this unbeliever, this foreign woman, understood the books and know the laws. So when I became angry against Moses, that he has never circumcised himself and is carrying on divine agenda, this woman put Moses down, took a sharp fling and circumcised Moses at the old age. This woman circumcised the husband in broad daylight. That is why I spare him. And now you people, he has delivered you from slavery and you are attacking that woman. I will rather put trouble on you and make that woman happy. Moses' wife was vindicated, happy, and Miriam had leprosy. Be careful about your book of Bessel. Because it is a place where people you most expect and hope in will disappoint you. And when it happens, don't beat your head and die. Thank God, move on. Judges chapter 7. Gideon was going to battle with 32,000 military. 32,000 military. When Gideon got to the, the stream, the spring, or the brook, God said, Gideon, they are too much. He cuts 22,000 off. Left it. Ten. He went there. He said, there are still plenty. He took about six thousand or so. He cut them out to 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 to, to, to remaining three hundred. And Gideon said, "God, what are you doing? We are going to this battle, and you are giving me only three hundred. Because Gideon, you know something? You don't need everybody. You need people whose hearts are for you, for my work." I am not moved by people who say, Pastor, I like you, Pastor, I love you, Pastor, I like you, Pastor, I love you. No, 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 no. It doesn't move me. I look into the heart of people. And even if you like me and you hate what I'm doing, you are a threat. Hallelujah. And God, by 300, did a great recovery for Gideon than 32,000. You are in the bed with the same man, the same woman. You are in the bed with the same spouse. And your heart are somewhere. He's, she is praying for you. And you are criticizing the prayer. Some of you, your husband or your wife will be praying and rebuking you. Then you two, you are insulting. When it continues two, three times, God will just cut you off and move that man or woman alone. Because at the brook of Bessel, listen, because your brook of Bessel is where two things must happen. Either you go with the wrong people and be disappointed big at your future, or you lose the wrong people and make it big at your future. That is what happened there. So when you get there, it does not matter who is in your life. 
does not matter. The person may be sweet, may be lovely, may be charming, may be romantic, may be blessed, may be rich. If God knows that that person is going to be a danger for your future, he will cut them off. He will cut them off. Amen. Look at the critical moment of Job. His wife came in and said, I curse God and die. God said, she curse God and die. Oh, really? He will rather live and you will die. Never ever speak against God of your spouse. Show Coming to church has nothing to do with the character. You've been coming to church. You've gone to church and church. Your character is still the same. You are blaspheming. Are you saying that the presence of God is not able to transform the character of the person? No. The Bible said that henceforth, let not this thing be mentioned among you. So it's a character you must willfully be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So, for the character reformation, it's a willful decision that I am going to stop this and let the grace of God enable me. God does not remote control our character. No. He doesn't remote control our character. So, you can pray hundred times, come to church hundred times, if you are not ready to reform your character so that grace will lift you and push you you will remain at where you are. And let me tell you, a wrong character is an, a lucky to a breakthrough. Because breakthroughs are levels where God is going to use your life to win lives. So if God is going to break through and use you to win life and you have the wrong character, when God lifts you, you will influence all those you will bring wrongly. When God puts a womanizer on up, all the ladies that will come to that office, he will sleep with all of them. If God put a thief up, he will steal and that is what all Ghana money is gone because most of the people on the throne are thieves. So they steal at without any excuse. Amen. But when God puts a righteous character there, everybody that will come, he will help. He will support. He will go extend, every extend and help the weakest person. Most of us, the breakthrough is not coming because your character does not deserve the level you are asking God for. No. Lead me on, I will fall. Can we be on our feet? I see that your faces. I don't want you to be scared. We finish this series. You have fallen. I will answer. Lead me on. Lead me on
Jesus, lead me on. I will follow. Lead me on. I will go. You have called me. I will answer. Lead me Lift up your hands. Say, Oh God, this morning, every attitude, every character, every habit that will stop me from recovering, I pray, may it be flushed out of me. May it be flushed out. Everybody, everybody who shall become who shall become a stumbling block, a stumbling block for, my recovery, for my recovery as i pray as i pray may you cut them off may you cut them in off the in the name of jesus in the name of jesus